Game Changer with Vicky Abelson. You Ta -da! Oh, no, ta -da! We're going to make you a, a talk show host. Oh, shoot. All right, so before we even get into anything, I read in your bio that you were a young kid in the band on a talk show in Israel. Well, so when I was, uh, no, I started working as a professional musician when I was really young, like yeah. 13 or something. We're going to talk about that. But, uh, but uh, maybe 15 was when I really started to work. <laughs> You slacker. Yeah, I what know. You, what were you doing for those two years? Uh, nothing. <laughs> you know, but uh, but uh, but when I in, in my early twenties, uh -huh. I was in a there was a big, uh, TV show like a really uh, successful what talk was it, show, what and was I was in a house band. You don't remember? No, I do, but it'll sound stupid when I say it in Hebrew. What? It's called, I think I you know Rishon Babidu, like first in entertainment. That's okay, so was was it like the Tonight Show of Israel? Kind of, but it wasn't every night. It was oh. on a weekend. Okay. But so it was super popular. Like people used to recognize me in the street. So it was like Saturday Night Live, kind of. Yeah, kind, at the time, yeah, I would think, yeah, probably more like that than the letter. It was. The concept was the Letterman show, but it oh. wasn't every day. It was like on a weekend. And was the night. host like a really charismatic, funny person? Yeah, and, and there's a hor it's a horrible, tragic story about oh. him. What, yeah. what was his name? Dudu Topaz. Okay, his name was Dudu. Yeah. It's a, it's, I don't know if you should get into it, but uh, if anybody wants to, it's, it's a horrible story. Wait, what? He what? ended up killing himself, but that, he, had a, he was an egomaniac guy yeah. nice dude but and pretty talented but when his star started to go down yeah he started to lose it and he hired people to attack uh, uh, entertainment figures to, to get his gigs back or to what? yeah it was it was uh, he, somebody will do a movie about it one day and, and they found out that it was him and they got him in jail and he, oh he killed himself it was oh, awful my God. Yeah, how, how long ago did this happen Maybe ten years ago. Oh wow! Yeah, he was like a big, big deal, cause he was on the top of his like he was one of the most popular people in Israel. And then you know he got older, things start to fade out. And so he thought he was gonna get his gig back by by killing other people. I don't know if it was killing, but he 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 took, got some people to like hurt people really bad. Like this woman got almost like beat, not to death, but it was really really bad oh my god yeah that's... it was awful it was like this crazy story wow so i so when i was in the band he was on the top of his game you know so like would you like you so like an like the band here like will our friend will lee yeah. who did the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. letterman show yeah. you play in the guests you play yeah, you, you yeah. play behind them yeah, all yeah. that kind of stuff yeah and so you're you're how old when you're doing that um 21 Wow. Okay. So let's so let's talk about this. You're 13 and you're a professional musician. How the hell does that happen? Well, when, when do you start playing? I started playing at 10. When I was 13, I wasn't. I did my first recording session when I was 13. Who's hiring a 13 year old? I just played with Dennis Chambers, a famous drummer, and mm -hmm. Dennis told me that he played on a hit song when he was 12, on a major like hit gospel song when he was 12. Wow. So I guess I'm old. You're a slacker. Yeah, so, like Alright, so you started it. How did you, like, did you, was it something you always wanted to do? Did you like rock and roll? Did you like jazz? What what, what got you into music? Why did, why did you start I don't playing? know. What got, I, I think, I started, I don't remember what it was. I think like 
I started somehow listening to the Beatles. I don't know why. Maybe my big brother brought my big brother. I was brother, gonna say you're young for the Beatles. Well, but I think my big brother started to bring music home, and then mm -hmm. I so I got into the Beatles. I always liked Israeli pop. Like it's not pop like bubblegum pop. It's like popular music there. So, so I think what, what would be like popular Israeli music? Can you liken it to anything like American? Like not really. No. At the time, no. But it had its own thing. Some of it was heavily influenced by rock and stuff like that. Uh -huh. But it was also influenced by, uh, um, I say, Eastern European. I, I would say in musical term, harmony. Yeah. There's great writers in Israel. Really, really great writers. So the songwriting was always great there. Uh -huh. I really like that. And and are you hearing? Were you hearing American music on the radio a lot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also American, European. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you're hearing everything. I wanted to play drums, and my and you know I remember my mom taking me to see like the Beatles movie, like Hard Day's Night and right. stuff like that. And then I wanted to play drums, and I was hitting pots and pans. <laughs> and my mom already got me was looking for a teacher for me. Mm -hmm. That was when I was 10. Okay. And then <clears throat> I had a friend of mine that was studying guitar and mm -hmm. he, he I, I, till this day, I don't know why, but he, he says like, yeah, just come to guitar lessons with my teacher, you know? So I went to his lesson and after that I started to study guitar and I remember not really liking it. Really? Like I remember I wasn't really into practicing in the beginning, mm -hmm. but, um, at the same time, my brother, that's five years older than me, at some point he started to play bass a little after I started playing guitar. And he had a, he started to have a band, mm -hmm. like a high school band. And his friend was actually a good songwriter and they were into the Beatles and stuff. And he used to come to our house and play, again, Beatles songs and stuff. So that's how I got into it. Like I started, he started to show me actual songs, you know? Uh -huh. And I started to play that. And then, so that was more fun than the stuff you were learning in yeah, lessons. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, I can't remember exactly how it went, but I remember that I don't. I wasn't into playing guitar. It was just like I went to this guy's teacher, and then I started. But you, started. you read because I was watching you. No, I read music. Because I was watching Not you great, when you were playing. Well, I was watching you when you were playing last week with with Willie and Steve Ferroni yeah. and Jeff Young, yeah. and then Billy Gibbons got up yeah. with you guys, which was crazy. Yeah, was cool. <laughs> that was so crazy. Um, but you were reading charts like in on some bit. of those songs. Yeah, 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 a bit. So so okay. So you 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 get the guitar. You're you're ten years old. You're so what's the what what pushes you to? Because obviously you had to practice a lot to get to. I don't, to where I don't you know were. what pushed me. I think what happened was I don't know what pushed me really. But I think what happened was. I started to play and I started to get into playing songs and then I remember my dad brought this like really shitty bass amp for my brother and I plugged in, I had a little pickup for my classic guitar and plugged into it and started to play loud Yeah. for like rock is really like trying to, you know, play with Israeli rock bands on the radio and then I was like, okay, this is something. But then my brother had that band, mm -hmm. so I, it was really inspiring to me to see that and then at some point, I don't know why, he started to bring jazz records home. I guess he had a friend that was a piano player. Uh -huh. So suddenly I had a Chick Corea record at home, Kid Jarrett's record at home. So then I started to listen to jazz and I didn't know what it was, but I went to a teacher that started to teach me jazz chords. So uh -huh. then I got into more like advanced music kind of early on. So how old are you when you're playing jazz? 
see, 11 maybe? I'm 63 and well, I, don't but under, I, suck, I don't understand but I, jazz I, now. I sucked at it. It's not that I played it and it was like, oh my God. Yeah, you know, I sucked at it for a long time. Wow. Yeah, but it's, it's, I don't think it's abnormal now. I think I see people now through YouTube and stuff. It's, 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 it's pretty, for what I was at the time, maybe it was considered to be a little it, abnormal, but now... Yeah, but it's now it's even, different because now everybody can learn online to do anything. Whatever it is. Well, people can learn online, but they can't really get it unless yeah. they're doing it for real. But I see people that are doing it for real that are really young, and it's a whole other level than what I was when I was young. Okay, so how did that happen? So you're in school. You're in Israel. So what part of Israel? I like suburbs of Tel Aviv, just the center of the country. So, So it's a city-ish. Yeah, very much yeah. so, yeah. And it's urban. And, yeah, absolutely. And, okay, so... Was sophisticated. My luck was that because I had when I started playing about a year later, I think I was looking to get into a band because mm -hmm. I wanted to be in a band like my brother and I somehow a band was formed and I was a part of it. And so since a really young age I was always playing live, which was really, really great. And so that happened and then I started to meet people that were kinda developing like me and we started the recordings of playing so were you playing with other 13 year old 12 no year i was no. playing with people that you're were playing older, like 20 year olds yeah. not 20 years old but maybe like 18 you know 17 and kinda. so why are they letting this 12 year old in the band well at the, at the time let's say it was 12 13 because i could you had kinda, chops a little bit yeah, yeah. I had <laughs> so so here's this little kid. Yeah. You can't play in bars in clubs, no. right? No. No, but in Israel, when I was 15 or 14, mm -hmm. you can't. There was like all these like little bars that were in corner of streets where it was kind of bar restaurants. But yeah, there was. I connected with a couple of friends, people that were actually living in Tel Aviv. Some of them are actually famous guys now in Israel. But at the time, we're all into we we're kind of the same age mm -hmm. we we're closer to the same age and we all started to jam and we went to those little bars and they let us play there even though you're underage yeah yeah so in a fifth uh, age 15 we we're starting to jam in bars so what at age 13 was your first professional gig what, what did that it wasn't mean? professional I, okay. I have a, I had a band mm -hmm. that was you know a kids band but we played we started to play in army bases and stuff like that we had a producer <laughs> So I think the main I started to get professional at fifteen because I started. You said you did your first session. When? The first session I did thirteen, but it wasn't like super <laughs> professional. Like a slacker now. Yeah, we're slackers, Emmy. Emmy Geisel's back on the camera. Thank you, Emmy. <laughs> um, Thank you. So, so but but the first professional professional gig is there was a famous singer in Israel. Yeah. And I think at the age of fifteen. Maybe she called me, I don't know how, to play with her. Yeah. And thinking about it now, I was playing just me and her. And she had hard songs and it was just guitar and vocal. Wow. And if I had to do this today, I would shit my pants. Because <laughs> it, it was hard music. And at the time, I was just 15 or 16, I was just go for it, you know? Just me playing guitar. And was, yeah, because you didn't really understand what's, you know, you what just, you oh, this is the song, this is the chord. I mean, so what's the fr all right? So wait before we move on. Nick Beck wants to know about your your Stratocaster. Yeah. You said what's the story behind it? He's a guitarist. Does, oh, the story behind it is it's a Strat. It's a custom shop Strat 58, and the story behind it is 
I was not looking for a Strat. Well, I always look for a guitar. <laughs> but, but How I, many guitars do you have? I don't have that many. Maybe 20. Only 20. No, but it's not only. It's like acoustic, electric, banjos, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right. But uh, I'm, I don't collect. I just try to get the good ones. And, that's and like you, play, good you buy one. the ones that you play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this one I went by. I was in New York. Now when I walked by Sam Ash and I went inside. Sam Ash doesn't exist anymore, does it? No, it does. Oh, it's Manny's is the one that went Manny's into business. Left. Yeah. So I went to the store and I saw this guitar and a couple others, and I always tried those Fender Custom Shops because sometimes if you're lucky you can get a really good one, but you can you have to check like a hundred to get yeah. like one really good one. Yeah. So I played this for a second and I was like, wow, this is really good. So I told the guy, hey, keep this for me, I'm coming tomorrow. And I brought my other guitar and this thing kills all my other guitars. Really? Yeah, it's freaky. So immediately I was like, here's my credit card, whatever. Just so when you travel, can you travel with one guitar? Yeah, I only travel you with only one. You only travel with one. Well, here I have two because I came to do some, just some session work. So, but if you only do one flight somewhere, you can travel maybe with two guitars in one case. But Normally, I'll fly over. with one guitar. And you just came from Cuba. What were you doing in Cuba? Well, I, I went to, I came to LA. We're in LA mm -hmm. now. So I came here to do a bunch of work here. And then I had to go to Cuba for a couple of days because there was a jazz festival, the Havana mm -hmm. Jazz. And there was this new band that's kind of forming, you know. And we had a, our first gig was at that festival. Wow. So we were there for a couple of days. We rehearsed and then we did a gig. And so what, what have you been doing? I, I saw you at Molly Malone's. Yes. Uh, uh, so I came, when I came, I came yeah. the day before. We played Molly Malone's. That's a band that we've been doing on and off for a while. It's a fun band. Yeah, it's great. So we did, I did that, and then what else? Did and I you guys play both coasts? Do you guys play both coasts? Yeah, we've been playing. Yeah. We were in Asia a couple months ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a kind of put-together thing, but it's, it's basically me and... They bill it as Wheels Band, Wheelies Band, yeah. but it's not really, what it is, it's me and Jeff Young, I called Jeff and we're like, let's do this, and I play with Will all the time and with Ferroni, so it's like kind of a combination uh -huh. of people, but they just put it under Will's name, because when we went to Asia, uh, it was under Will's name, but it's really not his, it's kind of well, like what's the band called? There's no name There's for no the name. Not a real name, like okay. they call it Wheelies, whatever. <laughs> they just needed to put some name for it, but there's no real name for it. But you, how long have you guys been playing together? Um, in that specific situation, in different, um, it's hard to say because we don't do it regularly. But like you've been playing with Will for years. <laughs> oh, I've been playing with Will for like over, I don't know, since two thousand and two. Okay, so we're going to talk about how you came to America and how all that. Okay, so you're. You're you're a teenager. You're thirteen. You're fifteen. You're doing se you're doing session, which is so ridiculous that you're doing session. Yeah. You're doing session. It's pretty work. traumatic when I think about it. Now. now, are you are you screwing up in school? Are you yeah. in school? Oh, no, you're of course. Yeah, yeah, you're screwing up in school. Yeah. Did did you, did you graduate? No. No, not high school either. No. No. <laughs> but you know, this just goes to show you that there's different roads to success because you've I had guess. tremendous success, and um, is is that a regret or no? That I didn't finish school, yeah. only on the social side of things, you know, like not on the brain. And what, side. Okay, so what was that like on the social? You're you're a kid. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Israel is a pretty. Um, it's open in terms of the culture and stuff, but it's also very. Uh, uh, what's the word for it? Backwards. 
No, it's not backwards. It's like there. Everybody, if you if you're different, you have a hard time there. Like you know, you go to school, you're a good student. You go to the army. You try to do the best you can in the army. Then you go to university. It's like a very kind of regimented. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not a part of that, it's not always great. It might have opened up, but at the time when I was there, you know. So you're an outsider, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so are you hanging with other like music? Well, I was, when I stopped going to, I actually, the, I stopped going to school after Pep Metheny group came to play in Israel. Yeah. And I went to see that show and I went How to see a clinic. You? I was 16. Yeah. I went to see a clinic. I went to the show. Mm -hmm. I saw two shows. And I remember after I saw the show, I went home. I didn't sleep that night. And that was it. After that, I pretty much stopped going to school. I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I didn't think I'm gonna do it professionally. I just thought that this is what I want to do because this is what I I like. So I dropped out of school and I was a little freaked out. My parents was a little freaked out, but the thing is, they kind of saw that I was sitting at home all day practicing, so they were cool, you know. Okay, and, so let's let's talk about yeah. go, go ahead. Why? And the other thing that uh -huh. was that because I started to work as a professional musician at a young age. I started to make money, not a lot of money, but I started to actually make money when I was 16. So nobody could give me shit about anything because I was <laughs> making money, you know? So when I was 18, everybody was going to the army or at 20 or whatever, you're still kind of an outsider. There's other people like me, but I was, you know, I was doing TV stuff and all that stuff. So nobody can tell me anything because how'd I'm, you get out of going to the army that's uh, that's a requirement in israel for those of you who don't know i was able to do it at the time it was kind of hard to do but they don't really want you if you're not into it you know really at the t now I it's the law it's the law but you can get away i know a lot of, uh, me and a lot of other people i was already professional when i was 18 i was already professional like i played with some known artists there and it wasn't so like, did they just let you slide because of who you no, were no they didn't let me slide i had to kind of get some assistant to kind of make sure they understand that I'm not gonna do it. And then I went to this committee mm -hmm. where there's three doctors and they sit in a room and two of the doctors looked at me and goes like, okay, I guess you're gonna go. And this one doctor looked at me and goes like, I know you're okay, I'll give you two years to think about it. And they gave me two years and after two years I came and they let me go. It's kind of a process. I don't. I don't know if now it's the same. I don't know. All my relatives in Israel all served. I don't know anybody. Everybody got served, but yeah. I know a lot of people that don't, especially artists. Mm. It, that, the army wasn't for me at the time, and not even yeah. today. You know, but it's. I'm not good with uh, being told what you to do. You have an axe, not a gun. Yeah. So so what? So you're sitting home, you're practicing, obviously yeah. you took that very seriously, but, but you've got natural gift. You, you don't just have chops like that at 13 unless you've got Well, here, here's what I think about this. Mm -hmm. um, I think the talent is to be able to work hard on it. That's, the, that's as much of a, like the natural gift that I have is some natural gift that probably a lot of people have but the t but the talent is to actually be consistent and to work on it because i know people that had that were way more talented than i am that had like a lot more i'm not that fast like i have to work on everything you're I do. very fast no 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 but i'm saying i know people that are really fast that like they they see something they grab it they play it like it's for me i had to work on everything mm -hmm. but they didn't 
get so far because they were lazy or because they were nutty or all that kind of stuff. So the, the, the talent is only one aspect of it. The other aspect of it that is as important is the hard work. Hard work, yeah. And the being consistent with it and not giving up and not getting dark, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's a big part of the talent. You know? Is that something that you're still, oh, Emmy's got a question. Yeah, yeah I have a question. Yes. Um, you mentioned not giving up. Have you had times in your life when you wanted to give up? No. Oh, I like that. No, because I never, I don't know how to do anything else. And I don't, I don't, I'm not interested in doing anything else. Mm -hmm. I really don't have, this is what I like to do. I'm totally cool with it. I've been doing it. I started when I was 10, now I'm 46, so what, like 36 years? I still love it like it's the first day I started, you know what I mean? I love it. So do you still work hard at it? I try. Wait, somebody's got a question. We have a question from Pearl Adler. Yeah. Um, what about your parents or siblings? Are they also musical? N uh, no. Um, my parents are not. My brother, again, was, you know, mm -hmm. played bass. Yes, that's right. And then uh, my, my young brother started playing guitar. Like, the family was, we kind of got into music, but my parents were completely not. Really? No, my mom was a, t a teacher. My dad is an um, uh, engineer, you know? Oh, wow. The good thing about me growing up in the environment that I grew up in is my parents never pushed me for anything, but they also didn't kind of cut me off. Like, if, if I needed help, my dad or my brother would drive me somewhere and stuff, but it was... Yeah, how did you do that? How did you go to gigs and stuff? My, my dad my brother would drive me, literally. It was, so the little kid would get dropped off yeah, at the club. Yeah, it was, it was pretty much like that. I remember doing gigs when I was, again, that age 16, my dad will drop me and come pick me up. <laughs> That's pretty damn nice. Yeah, I know. Now I think about it, I was like, hey, it is. Yeah, that was that really was a real pain And your, your parents, yeah. Well, you know, because, you know, you're going to have this lifestyle stuff. All right, but let's talk about that for a second, because <laughs> that lifestyle, but no drinking, no drugging, right? No, nothing. So, is that... Is I've that, never done that, ever. Is that normal? Is that average? It, it, do less people get crazy in Israel? Or no. 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 I've been in this... I, when I grew up, this is kind of interesting, at around the age of 15, mm -hmm. I connected with a bunch of people, I shouldn't say the names because Israeli people will know who they are. Okay. They were uh, siblings of famous singers or actors, blah, 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 and some of them became really famous on, in their own rights as, uh -huh. as, as artists, like now they're like the big guys in Israel. Right. So I grew up with those guys. and. They were from your town? Uh, oh, they were from Tel Aviv. I okay. was in the suburbs of Tel okay. Aviv. So I started to play with them. Okay. And it was the age of 15, mm -hmm. maybe 16. They would get high and they would drink and it freaked me out. And I would never, I would ne physically I could never handle it. So, but I've seen it around me since a young age. Sure. And I also saw the effect of it. I remember one time we were jamming, everybody got high and really played horribly bad. <laughs> And, and you were the only one I was knew. the only one that was sober. I was like, this really sucked. And everybody was like, man, it was the best. So I saw that aspect of it. And also, mm -hmm. there was a few guys that, because of a young age, they did drugs and alcohol. They ended up in uh, mental hospitals. Mm -hmm. A few. Mm -hmm. So I saw that side. and I Did saw... your parents drink? No, 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 not at all. My parents are straight, straight up. But, so I saw that side on a really young age and it never, actually freaked me out the first time I saw a friend of mine with a bomb, you know? Mm -hmm. It really freaked me out. 
I wish it would have freaked me out. Oh, uh, there you go. <laughs> pot was my drug of choice, but I'm, I'm long sober, 18 years off pot. Yeah. We have another question. Yeah. Um, from Pearl. Um, has it been hard to break into the North American jazz circuit? Um, North America into the, the a bit here, but yeah. we're, we're gonna Urban, Pearl. That's yeah. a great question. We're gonna talk about how. Yes, it's, it's, let's go to it now. So, so at what point do you come to? At what stage in your career are you when you decide to come to America? Well, I moved here when I was twenty-four. It was in ninety-six. Okay, so by twenty-four, you're already <laughs> a celebrity in Israel. I wasn't a celebrity, but well, you're on a talk show. You're the band. You're in yeah, the band. but I was a celebrity. Okay. You know, people but you recognize, people recognize me in the street, but they wouldn't go like, "Oh my God, this is <laughs> just go here." This is the guy from Brown, you know? Because I played on a lot, not only on that TV show, I played on a lot of other TV shows. There was actually, oh. I remember there was Friday nights that I was in two shows at the same time. Was it one studio? No, it was just like you film two things and they air at the same time. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, so I've, I've done that a bunch. But I played, when I was 24, I already kind of played with a lot of people there. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of jazz gigs there. So you did, so in Israel, was it mostly jazz? Was it? It was always both. I always okay. had this schizophrenic upbringing huh. with my music. Do you have a preference? Like if you're gonna sit home and you're gonna listen to music, what well, do you uh, here's to? my preference. Okay. My preference is when I fly places, yeah. yeah. I need like songs. Okay. Like doing the brainy jazz stuff doesn't work for me. Okay. When I'm home, I will listen to jazz. When I need to study, I would more listen to jazz, but so, I also listen to blues. So Jew, so bl Jews. <laughs> I'm Jewish. I'm not insulting Oz. So so do Jewy. That's what. I'm, so. So the jazz is when you're doing something else. No, I'm a jazz musician. My whole bring and my whole education is jazz. Okay. But what hits me in the heart is not always jazz. Okay. That's really all it is. And I still don't understand progressive jazz. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So, and I don't blame you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's some of it really is brainy. You know, it's in the brain. It is. And <laughs> I like some of it, but sometimes I get tired from it. And I really love songwriting. So when, when I grew up, I started playing pop, you know, like mm -hmm. songs and stuff, but at the same time I was playing jazz, so it was always both. Do like, you write lyrics? No. No, you're, you're an instrumentalist. No. Yeah, okay. instrumentals. Uh -huh. But because I was doing studio work in a young age, I got into electric guitar and those sounds and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I wanted to develop as a musician, so I learned jazz. So did you ever, do you ever collaborate with lyricists? No. And you don't. Mm -hmm. it's, your, it's your music, it's your music. It's instrumental, yeah. Okay. I don't, I'm not good at collaborating and the times that I did collaborate, mm -hmm. which is rare, but sometimes there's collaboration, musical collaboration. Mm -hmm. I don't like that kind of stuff. It doesn't, I don't, it, it, bring, it ends up sounding a certain way and it's not as deep as I would like it to be. Like when I'm by myself, I can kind of dig in deeper than, you know. Who, who, were, your, who were your guitar heroes? Uh, I guess when I, I if, let's say when I started, mm -hmm. After I, the Beatles were whatever they were, then, you know, the first time I heard like John McLaughlin or Aldi Miola or people, oh, Paco Jealousy, things like that, like they were really kind of virtuosic. Mm -hmm. Then I got into that. And then, you know, Pat Metheny, John Scofield, people like that started to come in. And then Alan Holtzford. And then I went to a teacher and I wanted to play like that. And he was like, you know, you gotta learn the basics, like jazz. And I was, it, I, I was, uh, I guess, um, what's the word for it? I was kind of open enough to go like, okay, I don't like it as much, but I'll learn it just mm -hmm. because, because it wasn't, you know, you like, I like kind of rock and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So 
I started to study jazz just because the teacher told me to. Uh -huh. And then I got into more like traditional jazz, like Wes Montgomery, Jim Hall, Kenny Burrell, Grant mm -hmm. Green. And at the time I wasn't really liking it. It was just like, oh, this is what I need to do. So I did it, you know, you're young enough to kind of... And then I started to really like it, of course. So, and then I got into Hendrix and... I, I was going to say, you have some Hendrix. No, 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 of course. And you can, and a little, uh, you know, when you start to Eddie Van Halen, you can Eddie Van Halen out. Uh, I, I was never a shredder, but, but I love you, Eddie. You're not a shredder, but you, but you have that ability. I have some. I saw you yeah. do, I saw you do a little of that the other night. Yeah, so, so it was kind of like... And the blues, like who, yeah. who, who what blues artists? Well, at the time, the, the one that really got me into the blues was Stevie Ray Vaughan. Mm -hmm. But then after that, I realized, okay, there's Albert King, B.B. King, mm -hmm. Freddie King, Jimi Hendrix, Clapton, you know, all. It's yeah. everybody. Jeff Beck, Eric Johnson, it's everybody, really. So, so of... of when I grew up, I was in the 80s, it was in the 80s, so... Yeah. I was, it was kind of funny because if musicians will understand it, but I was really into shredding, like 80s shredding, so like Steve I and Van Halen and people like that. And then at the same time, I was playing bebop. It was like as extreme as it can get. Uh -huh. People told me, "Man, you're crazy. You have to decide what you gonna, what you want to be when I grow up." No, it's nice that you can do all those shows. Exactly. That's, At the time, really I was like, one. "I like both. I'm not gonna," you know. So, so we and were you making a living doing both? I was making some living doing both. Yeah, because I could play jazz gigs, which I've done a lot. And at the same time, I would do pop gigs. I'll play with like pop artists in Israel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'd do session work. Yeah, sure. So this is still kind of what I'm doing just to, till today, really, when you think about it. Because yeah. I still, I, I have my own solo career, which like is the music that I do, which is like a mix of, oh, you can call it a mix, of, I call it electric jazz, Okay. you know? Then I do have gigs that I play more straight ahead jazz, I just never recorded a record with that yet. Mm -hmm. But there's the other side when I do singer-songwriter stuff and I play on sessions and do rock stuff. You know, so and you played with unbelievable people, which we'll get to. Is you have a question? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, if you guys do have a question for for us, um, you know, hit us up with it. So, so you come here. Why do you come to America? I come because for some reason when I was growing up, at some point everybody goes like, oh, you gotta go to New York, you gotta go to New York, because you know when you're from a small town, you wanna kind of. And I was always really kind of playing jazz. My, I had a bunch of good friends I was playing with that some of them actually made really nice careers as jazz players here and they moved to study at the, I think it was a new school or something mm -hmm. in four years before I did when they were 20. So I know Yossi Fine from before. I know Yossi very well. He was already established in New York before I came. There's a couple of, uh, there was a there was an electric fiddle player that I, I, I can't know. think of his name. Um, anyway, so there were a few players that so I So they were good friends of mine. They left Israel. It was pretty traumatic for me because like oh. all the guys I played with suddenly left. Uh-huh. But I, I didn't have the balls to do it when I was 20. So I had to wait till 24. And when I was 24, I was, okay. Should... So financially, you're doing okay? Financially, I saved as much money as I could. It was $10,000 at the time. Okay. So you think about $10,000 in Today, a, a month would... in New York. Yeah. It's just like, you know, yeah. gone. But at the time... So I came to New York with $10,000 that I saved from working in Israel, and that's that. Okay, so you got here. Yeah. You, well, not here, but you got to New, New York. York. Yeah. And what, what, how are you gigging? How, is it, how did your career start in New York? Um, I had my friends that were all these jazz guys, so they kind of, they actually didn't really get me anything, but 
at least they told me they were playing there was a place called Smalls it's still around mm -hmm. jazz club so I started to hang at Smalls and meet all the jazz guys and at the same time started to go to jams like blues jams or that kind of stuff you just start to hang and you the first eight months when I was in New York my whole schedule was upside down I would go to sleep in the morning yeah which was really fucked up were you making money no no you were just jamming no I was meeting just meeting people. people in Germany yeah it took a long time so how how what was what was your first what was your first real gig in in New York? What what had that I can't, happened? What was my first real gig? With who or where? You know, here's. I don't think I ever had a first real gig. It just starts to have little trickles mm. of of little gigs, and mm -hmm. suddenly you do a cafe here, a jazz gig here, like a suddenly I wasn't aware that there's club dates, but you right. do a club date like a wedding or right. something like that. And you start to make a little bit of money here and there. Things kind of start to happen. The, the first kind of gig that was like a gig that I got was playing with Richard Bona, mm -hmm. the bass player. Actually, it's really funny. I'm doing a record here, I, like last two days, and Richard came to the studio yesterday. I haven't seen him in years. Nice. But so he was like the, but in the same time, I was playing, you know, Gavin DeGraw, the, he's a pretty famous pop guy. So yeah. he got discovered mm -hmm. at this club that I used to play with some t at some times. And, because the lady that owned the club is called Wilson's. It was on the Upper West Side. She used mm -hmm. to call me to do club dates for her. Mm -hmm. So Gavin, when they, they had this R&B jam session at that club, and everybody used to play, like Prince will show up, Stevie wow. Wonder. Uh -huh. Yeah, so one time there's a jam session and some white kid, it was more R&B, and some white kid comes and starts playing piano and singing, and apparently everybody flipped out, and she got a call. She was like, you got to check this guy out. So she comes in and obviously, Gavin had a couple of really major hits, you know, pop hits. Uh -huh. So she comes and she goes, okay, this guy obviously is the new thing, you know? So she calls me and a couple other people to do a showcase for Nile Rogers. I love Nile. And then Nile started to produce a couple of things. So anyhow. This so is back in the, It's, it's like early, 90s? late 90s, uh -huh. late 90s, like maybe 99 or something mm -hmm. like that. So I started to play with him. And then he got signed, I got a record deal, blah, blah, blah. So that was like kind of my first real gigs, let's say. What, what's your first big gig? Like when you are playing like a big venue? I don't know. Because you played with incredible people. Yeah, a lot of the people I play with was, you know, the people that I play with steady were like, um, I guess Richard, Gavin. I've done a lot of little things like, How'd you get to play with Sting? Where'd exactly. With Sting? So, so I was in a house band for a couple mm -hmm. of those. There was this one year that I got called to do some work in a house band. So, mm -hmm. you know, we did like the Songwriter Hall of Fame. So mm -hmm. we played with Sting, we played with Aerosmith, we played with a lot of people mm -hmm. like that. So that's suddenly like in one night you play with like 10 of your heroes. So that's like doing it with Paul Schaefer or something? It wasn't Paul Schaefer, but it was somebody like that. Right. So I did a few of those. And when mm -hmm. you do those, you get to play with a lot of people. Right. Like I play, we play with I play with the original foreigner guys, and we played like I want to know what love is. I actually played <laughs> the greatest moment of my career was playing Walk This Way with Aerosmith with like Steve Perry and uh, and uh, Joe uh, Joe, per Joe Perry, Perry and, and, and Steve Tyler. Steve yeah. Tyler. And I played the rhythm guitar for Walk oh, This Way. That was the greatest. That's and I remember crazy. asking asking what's it Joe asking Joe was like is this okay? And he was like. Hey. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, so what other you've played with such incredible people? What what other it's highlights? It's just situations. That's a highlight. That's a huge highlight. And my highlights are more like jazz highlights. Yeah, like yeah. playing with guys that I grew up with, or like I grew up listening to, or like playing in situations. Like I don't know, Chick Corea playing on my record. That's pretty good, you know. That's pretty good. Stuff like that, or or Alan Toussaint playing on a couple of my records. Alan Toussaint actually used to come and jam with us all the time with New York. So things like that are more the things that get me, you know what I mean? I played the garden recently with Adina Mazel, oh, okay, that's so pretty cool. With, how do you get to play with Adina Mazel? Because, because she's from New York, uh -huh. and the, the musical director, I've done a couple of tours with her. Yeah. And, you know, so the last tour we did was, a, was all uh, arenas, you know, it was like a month. So it was, so her... Adina Mazel is selling out arenas? Well, she it was her and Josh Groban. Uh, well, oh, yeah. little Josh Groban. Exactly. Wow. So that, it was a bizarre situation, <laughs> yeah. but it works. And her musical director mm -hmm. is in New York. Most of her band is in New York. Not all of her. Some of her band is here. Mm -hmm. So he called me. They needed somebody like kind of last minute a year ago. Mm -hmm. So he called me, and I was free, and you know, it pays really well. So. And it, it has to be kind of cool to be playing Madison Square Garden. It was really cool. We did like all arenas for a month. Mm -hmm. And you play the first arena, you kind of like, oh my God, it's like you rehearse and you go, like, I actually had a lot of featuring solos and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, I got to get my shit together. There's mm -hmm. so many people I can mess up. And then you do the first gig and the second gig and then you go like, kind of like playing in your living room. It doesn't really matter. At a certain point. Yeah. And then we did all those arenas. We played the forum. Uh-huh. And you kind of, the forum was really cool because mm -hmm. it really feels big. And the garden really feels special. Yeah. The garden's pretty special. Yeah. It is special. It really is. Like that's actually the coolest place I've ever played. You know? I would think so. Yeah. It's got incredible history. Yeah. So that, it was like there's some energy there. I was kind of, and so what about, uh, have you played a stadium? No. Is, I can't no. even imagine. Actually, I well, did. Well, yeah, I bet you have. No, I played, I like, you played the, festivals, right? Yeah, but that's not a stadium. Yeah. I did play a stadium. I, I played a small stadium one time. I was, a part, again, a part of a house band mm -hmm. in some, it was the Dalai Lama. There was a thing for the Dalai Lama, mm -hmm. and he was talking about peace. Like, there was something... And it was a big concert, and I somehow got called to be in a house band. So that's where, you know, I don't know, play with Sandboy, Cindy Lauper, and a lot of, like, these pop artists, you know, because you just back them up. Right. So that was in a pretty big, it was a stadium. I don't think it was, like, one of those 80,000, mm -hmm. but it was uh, one of those big football kind of outdoor. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, and the funny thing about that is... The Dalai, we all met the Dalai Lama, you know, which was kind of cool. Yeah. And then when the show was starting, the band was in this kind of big uh, U or mm -hmm. C kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I was the last one in a row, and he was right next to me. And he, when, be, when we were meeting him, everybody asked him questions. And then I remember Cindy Lauper asked him, do you like music? And he goes like, no. <laughs> and, and she asked, seriously, and she asked him why. She goes like, because chanting and, and all this like meditation, that's all music. Because like, no, it bothers me when I do it, it's internal. So when we were playing the gig, I'm playing and the Dalai Lama is right next to me here, you know, Holy sitting. And he was just, he didn't know what to do, we were playing and he was just looking at me and laughing. It was so <laughs> surreal. Yeah, because he didn't know what to do, he was just looking at me and laughing. <laughs> 
was really surreal. Well, Dalai, you made the Dalai Lama laugh. And you know what's really <laughs> weird? I, we just went with that van that you saw with Will. Yeah. Ferroni didn't go with us to that tour. It was me, Jeff Young, and Charlie Drayton, actually. Mm -hmm. We went to Asia. We played Japan for a couple of nights, and then China. And me and Charlie was in the same floor in the hotel. And we go in, and we look at him, it's like, there's some security on the corner of, the, of, our, of our floor. And it was the Dalai Lama. Oh. Did you go in and talk to uh, him? No, but I think me and the Dalai Lama have a thing, you know? It's the <laughs> second time in my life that he was like right next to me. Oh, he said, do you like music yet? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. You so, want a jam? <laughs> oh my God, that's so, for somebody to say they don't, my stepfather used to say he didn't like music. It's, that's just a that's weird, very, that's a very weird thing. The Dalai Lama said it, I swear. It's like, I understand not liking a specific type of music, but just not liking music as a blanket statement. I can't imagine. Very bizarre. He's got other things yeah. on, on his I mind. Guess he's got other, I guess he's got other things on his mind. What's it like when you go to Asia? Like, what's the reception like? Uh, do they, you're playing, a, well, you're playing we play a jazz club. What, what I do is I, when I, most of my career mm -hmm. is, do, is my own records. I have 10 solo albums. Uh, it's wrong on your website. It says eight. You have to update it. Well, it's it's there's it's I just the ninth is getting released in uh -huh. a month. Okay. And um, the other, I actually have nine solo albums and I have a side project that's called Oz and Squeeze. That's not my website. This should be on my resume. Oz and Squeeze. Oz and Squeeze. It's a band that I have with a singer uh -huh. that plays keyboards and sing and plays synth bass and a drummer. It's really cool. Cool. And we play songs. It's more like song oriented. Uh huh. So basically, so when I tour, it's mostly I do that. So um, I mostly it's jazz. So love, when you're like touring, you're, so. you're doing your you're doing your yes, music. Yeah. Okay. Unless I get hired and pay a lot of money to play with. Like Adina Menzel. Yeah, people like that's that. kind of worth it. Yeah. Um, and so. And then you also are teaching and you do master classes and stuff. I do master classes. Like now I'm here, I did like two master classes. I teach, like people can come to my house if they want to study. I do online stuff. I'm not like a teacher teacher. Like I have a bunch of instructional videos. Yeah, you have I actually have videos. a lot, a bunch. I have a little too many because I already, it's like some of them I repeat. Just, you know, because I only know so much, but... Because <laughs> I only know so much. I don't know. I don't know if I'm buying that. Yeah. No, but I've got a bunch of those, and then people can come and just take lessons from me, you know? So, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's totally cool. You do it in L.A.? You do it in New York? Where do you do it? I do, when I'm home in New York, they come to my house. Mm -hmm. Here, I, I do more like master classes, you know? So, like, where where would you do a master I did one today at MI Music Institute. Uh-huh. I did one, like, a week ago, two weeks ago at U, 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 USC. So, if you're doing a master class, what, 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 like, what kind of wisdom are you sharing when you're doing a master class? I just try, um, some of it is just proper music. I usually talk about theoretical stuff, and, mm -hmm. and I, I try to get really basic and focus on the stuff that's really important for the kids to for the students to mm -hmm. focus on the problem these days is because of YouTube and all the information that we have it's hard to be focused and it's hard to be focused on the on the on the real good stuff you know so so I just try from my experience and what mm -hmm. I know I try to get them to be focused and show them uh, like what you know like what I practice on or like stuff that they should focus on it. Okay, so if you have to, if you can talk to our viewers and say, yeah. 
if somebody's out there and, and they aspire to have a career <coughs> like you have, what does their day look like? What does your day look like? My day doesn't look like anything. It depends on what I do. <laughs> I, I don't practice as much as I used to. I have plans of practicing, but because I get busy doing stuff. So you're human? It's yeah. good to know you're human. Yeah, I'm human. We, Emmy and I were just talking about that on the way over here. Oh, two days off. I didn't do anything. Yeah, I yeah. binge watched TV yeah. last night. I yeah. binged. I got like two, three weeks ago. I got a call. I freaking binged. I watched like two or three different TV series. Yeah, like did you watch whole... anything good? My son just watched The Bodyguard last night. He's screaming about it. You see? Oh, I don't know. I saw, I, I, the last thing I watched was Ozark. Uh, That's I pretty love good. Ozark. And then before that, I watched, uh, oh, that, the, the best one I watched was... Uh, I love that man in the high castle. I like that's it too. awesome. Did and you I, see the fall? The fall's my no. favorite. Oh, fall's I don't my think I can keep doing it. I'm trying not to get into it because if I get into it, I won't leave my house for like two I, I know. Well, I know. When I start one of those, I go in and it's, then I. I watch Fauda. You watch Fauda? Oh, you gotta watch Fauda. It's an Israeli. It's pretty popular now. No. It's I'm an Israeli series. It's. It's. Oh. Did you watch Breaking Bad? Of course, oh, well. I didn't leave my house for two weeks. <laughs> I literally either. didn't leave my house neither for two weeks. I didn't get out of bed. I yeah. literally stayed in bed. Yeah, so I, I, I saved those for... <laughs> yeah, I watched half. those yeah. all at once. Yeah, um, so I'm trying. Well, so, so I hear The Bodyguard is really good. It's on Netflix. Yeah. My son just binged it yesterday. It's only like six episodes, so you can do it really fast. Oh, wow. um, so wait, Pearl has another question. What is Pearl saying? Pearl wants to know if you, when you play with Americans who have studied music at... Uh, a university if you notice a difference in in playing based on how you learned no because I learned I didn't learn in a university but I learned with private teachers mm -hmm. and music is a universal language so everybody at the end of the day know the same stuff it's just how they approach it and how they use it you know mm -hmm. so I don't I don't if you know what you're doing I know people that are self-taught that don't know what they're doing and they're still great so if you if you're on a gig, does everybody does everybody read like if you? No, don't... not necessarily. Uh huh. I just did a record now. I came here to do this guy's record. It's an amazing bass player. His name is Adrian Ferrand. Mm -hmm. He's a French guy. He lives here. It's incredible. Like he doesn't read. So and the drummer and the keyboard player on the gig on the, the we did the record. Amazing players. Like amazing. They barely they don't or barely read either. So. I was the only one that read, and the music was hard. Wow. Like hard. Uh-huh. And he, he sent me the stuff, and he goes, oh, don't worry about it. I was like, what do you mean, don't worry about it? Are you out of your mind? This is hard stuff. <laughs> so he had, to put, he had to get charts for me, and everybody used the charts a little bit. But uh -huh. it's like, it depends on how, how you use it. So the guys them. that aren't reading, they're getting a, a, they, they a tape, and they it. just, learn, yeah, they just they memorize, memorize it. it. Yeah, which is amazing to me. I don't know how they do it, but... If you're used to doing it that way, right? But you can, you must have an unbelievable ear to have. I don't have an unbelievable ear. I think the guys on the studio had way better ears than I do. But I know harmony and I know melody and I, you know, I've been doing it for a long time. So like if you hear, let's say somebody is sitting across from you and they start to play something, you can mimic it back. Not always, maybe, you know. What, what's hard for you? Everything. Very humble. I like that. I'm not humble. Well, what's What's easy for? What comes natural to you? What comes most natural? Are you to talking you? about music? Yeah. <laughs> I think the thing that I'm lucky to have is because I started doing 
session work mm -hmm. at a really young age. Mm -hmm. I got used to playing in a studio with a click and playing with players that were better than me. So my time mm -hmm. is good. It's mm -hmm. really good and it's very natural. I remember when I moved to New York, I was doing this gig with the saxophone players, uh, Arnie Lawrence. He was one of the founders mm -hmm. of the New School and mm -hmm. the drummer was the drummer for the Spin Doctor. So at the time I was like, oh my God, I'm playing with you know, and we were doing this gig, and at the end of the gig, I was like, oh man, you got great rhythm, like I played rhythm guitar. So that's the thing that kind of, because I grew up. That's your do, zone. It's just the one thing that I have kind of naturally, mm -hmm. like having good time. Mm -hmm. And it does really, when you play popular music, if you don't have good time, you can't be a musician. Mm -hmm. So I think that's very important. That's something that I talk to. Uh, students at the you know when I do master classes, but that's not something you can learn, is it? Um, you can the, you can get better at it. Let's put it like that. Mm -hmm. If you don't have naturally, you don't have good time. You should probably not be a musician. Yeah, that's probably good. But but, but you can but you can develop it, and you can get better at it. Like most people, like I didn't have a great good time like I have now when I moved to New York. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But I it was good enough that I could. You know? So so, how much of your day still is about practice? How much do you play? It depends on the day. Sometimes I don't touch the guitar. Sometimes I'll noodle. Sometimes I'll. So play. do you mostly like your guitar was out when we came? Was oh, my guitar is always out. So you're, you're gonna noodle yeah, while you're yeah, doing yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. You're gonna be noodling around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're going to Nam tomorrow. Yeah. And what are you? Who are you playing with at Nam? I'm playing with a bass player. We're doing a, there's a bass bash thing. I usually don't go to NAMM match unless I have to. I don't like it. It's not my thing. I don't need anything from any company, so I don't need you to be there. You have endorsements? Yeah, and I don't, whatever I need, I can get. So it's not, I don't need to be there. Uh, I, like last, uh, two years ago, I think mm -hmm. they released, like there was two signature pedals that some companies released, so I had to be there, mm -hmm. obviously, for that. But this year, I, I'm doing something for Line 6 because I use one of their pedals and I've been using their stuff forever, so they asked me to do it. So if there's something that I need to do for somebody that mm -hmm. is real, then I'll go. But I'm not into going and playing in some booth to show off my, I'm, it's like against my nature. So I feel like a clown, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, really, it's like. So how about the, the. But I would play concerts. Like there's, that's the, what I'm playing tomorrow is a concert at night. Oh, One okay. time there was, okay. the Dario mm -hmm. did a concert, so I played that. So I, I'll do that kind of stuff, but mm -hmm. I can't do that show off like boot thing. I've done it a bunch of times, and I don't know. It's just like unmusical. It goes against my nature. But so, what's the social? So you started so young, we and we touched on it. So what? But we didn't go there. How was your social? I mean, you're a, you're a kid. It was fine. Like I social, like in in terms of like friends and stuff. Yeah, in terms was, of it's totally fine. I never. You were like the kid, though. Oh, with the bands of the. I always yeah. played with people that were older than I am. Mm -hmm. It's kind of weird now that I'm in an older age that I, I still play with people that are older than me or in my age. But it's it was kind of weird when it started to switch and I started to use people that are younger than me. Yeah. Oh like, shit. <laughs> That's not... So is there anybody out there today that uh, younger who whose music you like that you? Oh, there's plenty. Well, so what, what music do you like that that's new music? Newer music. Oh, no. What are you listening to? I listen to everything. Do you? Absolutely everything. I listen to a lot of pop. Like what? Like what know. pop? I don't know. I like Katy Perry. Okay. I like uh, I like pop. You know, like I don't know Rihanna. Uh huh. Some of the uh, R and B stuff I like too. Um, 
rock stuff I love. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, who do you like in rock? What uh, do you listen to when you listen to rock? Or uh, who do you... I, I'm spacing out. If, that, I, no, if I, I had my phone yeah. in front of me, I would go like... Blah, blah. There's your playlist. Yeah, exactly. Is, is there anybody that you haven't played with that you'd like? Yeah, plenty of people I haven't like, played with. I've never played with Herbie Hancock, mm -hmm. Wayne Shorter. I never really played with Chick Corea. He played on my record, but I've never really played with him, like play, play. Yeah. Um, oh, there's plenty of people that... Uh, anybody in rock that you'd still oh, like yeah, to play yeah, with? Yeah. Uh, many. Um, I know I'm putting you on the spot. We need it. we need your playlist so you can look. Yeah, I gotta look. But um, you know, like I love to play with Steely Dan, James Taylor, like old, like Sting, of course. Um, What'd you get to play with Sting? Oh, it was one of those um, um, awards the, things. I and so, what did you play a police song? Did no, we play, actually played a uh, Elton John song. He was inducted to the Hall of Fame, so we played. Uh, one of his songs is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I've been singing a bunch of times because I know all his band members and stuff, but I never done his gig because he's, you know. Have you ever done uh, or sat in with the Fab Faux, Will's other? No, because we play uh, Beatles music. You know? yeah. Yeah. Beatles music is not your thing? Oh, it's totally my thing, oh. but I'm, I, they're playing it like it's not a jam kind of thing. Right, they're playing it by the. They're playing it. No, really no. by the book. Yeah. yeah, I saw them do the white album in total. That sick. was intense. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty wild. Revolution number nine, pretty. Yeah, yeah that's they did that. That was fucked up. I told Will after I've seen the first time, I was like, "Did you really do that?" He goes, "Like, yeah." Yeah, he really did. <laughs> so, all right. Well, so if people want to check out your music, yeah, how do they find your stuff? They just put my name on whatever on YouTube or whatever YouTube or Spotify or. I uh, all those evil services. And what are they gonna find when they go to your music? They're gonna find jazz. They're gonna find my solo albums, which is you can call it electric jazz. It's basically groove music with jazz and blues. It's really a mix of everything together, you know. But it's improvised, so it's like there's a lot of improvisation. So I play a lot of guitar, and I write everything. Um, so when you write everything, what about the other musicians? Are they? I tell them what to do. You tell them what to do. Yeah, but I, <laughs> but I hire, I hire the guys that I really like, and I know that I tell them what to do to some degree. Mm -hmm. I go like, okay, this is the song, this is the part, this is the vibe, and then because they're brilliant, brilliant, they make it. Because someone like, like Will Lee can just go yeah. off, and Anton Fig, who you yeah. play with, can just yeah. go off and. Yeah. So that's you know when you hire guys that you like, they'll interpret it the way hopefully you like it. And if you don't, then you tell them no. That's, no. Part, of, <laughs> that's part of the So thing. is there anything beyond music that, that you haven't done in your life that you'd like to do? I'm Any sure there is, but I... Uh, You're happy? Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm cool with music. There's so much to do with music. I don't... You know, people go like, you don't travel? It's like I travel all the freaking time, but I don't travel. You know, I travel as a musician, but right. it's like you're not interested in, I don't know, taking a trip and taking a vacation. I was like, not really. Because you're on planes all the time. Yeah. I, I tried to take, last year there was, there was this uh, a really cold front that came to New York, mm -hmm. and it was so cold and I couldn't take it. I was like, I'm going to take a vacation. I'm going to go to, I went to Florida because I had some friends. I really suck at taking vacations. I didn't know what the fuck to do with myself, you know? So I'm not good at that stuff. I'm cool going out and playing, and then I'm cool being home and How, how much How much of your of your time is playing, and how much is downtime? When you when you tour? Or, or just in general, like, 
If you go out on a tour, how long are you going to go out for usually? Well, it could be a week. It could be two weeks. It could be a month. Mm -hmm. With my own stuff, it's never more than a month at a time. Uh-huh. There's a lot of downtime, but a lot of the downtime is traveling. A lot of it. It's most. It's actually when you're on tour, it's mostly downtown and traveling. Like the the plane is just like an hour. Right. Some famous jazz musician says you get paid to to to, to sit around, not to play. <laughs> Yeah. The plane is like the bonus, you know. It's kind of that with with actors too. Yeah, I mean, of most course. of the time they're sitting around waiting for the yeah, next day. Yeah, yeah, So that's what it is. And so downtime. So you you binge some TV. What else? Yeah, you when when you're on tour, when I'm on tour, I can't really properly practice. I just noodle on the guitar and mm -hmm. I just stir the TV or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, but to be honest, it depends on what kind of tours you do. Like if you do tours with like more like pop stuff, then it's it's a different kind of thing. But when you do the tours that I do with my own band, mm -hmm. like the jazz tours, it's pretty hectic. It could be pretty hectic. Well, why is that? Because you know you have you can be in a different country playing a gig every other night. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. So have you ever done theater? Have you ever done like a Broadway show? I've subbed on some. Uh -huh. I never got my own. Mm -hmm. I've subbed. On is that something you'd want to do? No. Is that that's not a good game? Well, well, here's the deal. Because you can't improvise. No, no, no. I don't mind that at all because mm -hmm. I do session work and stuff. Um, unfortunately, New York has changed and this music scene has changed. So the main gig in New York these days is Broadway show. Mm -hmm. So I would love to have a Broadway show that I'm the main guy because in terms of work, you can sub, sub it 50%. So you can do anything you want, like tours and other stuff. And then when you're in town, you just go for two, three hours to the theater, play and go home. Uh -huh. So financially, it's the greatest thing to have. But mentally, it burns your freaking brain and your soul. How so? Musician. Because if, you're, if that's the only thing you're doing, mm -hmm. it's pretty much like going to an, to, mm -hmm. it's an office job. It's got nothing to do with real music. Creativity. It's yeah. not creative mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. So I'm for. I'm sorry if somebody gets offended by this, but this is kind of how. I, uh, but as a work for work, like to have a steady work in New York, is like the best thing you can, uh, you know, have hope for. And now there are so many exactly. like rock music. All my all my friends play at Broadway shows. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't like to sub in those things because it's not worth it for me. Because you have to spend a lot of time learning it. Mm. But if somebody will offer me a gig, <laughs> I'll take it. Come on now. Maybe Mark Shaman's watching. He yeah, just come on, dude. I can play a banjo, mandolin, <laughs> everything. Do you play? Oh, so you play a, a lot of string instruments? No, I can fake it because I do studio work. You know, I read. You know, I play the usual stuff that everybody else does. Nothing special. Oh, I don't know about. Well, I can that. do. Spe I, I have specialty things that I do. But I wish you could play. It's very frustrating because Oz is staying in a hotel while he's here, and so there's no amp. So I didn't even think about that yeah. to try and grab That's one okay. for you I so that you YouTube could play. But, uh, I'll come to see a show. That's way better than YouTube. So do you have any shows coming up? That I have a whole... Well, I, if you go to my website, I'm, yeah. I'm back in New York next week, so... Where are you playing I, in New York? Just like I have a steady gig where I play the, the bitter end every Monday night. Mm -hmm. That's been going on for a gazillion years. Who, who do you play at the bitter end with? different people like it depends on what I do mm -hmm. um, and then I play the 55 bar also mm -hmm. it's like a little more jazzy but I do that um, and out in LA 
in LA, I've, I've, I don't, I, this time I just came for more doing the recordings and mm -hmm. some clinics. I have a, my record, my new record's coming out March, in March, so I have a tour, a month tour in the U.S. that's starting at the end of February. Oh, that's the one where you're going to be in Chicago. Yeah, I'll be in Chicago. I'll be in L.A. Rick. March 1st and 2nd, playing Catalina's. Uh uh oh, Catalina's a nice club. Yeah, I, I play it all the time. Sorry. Um, and speaking of Rick, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a plug to uh, Rick Smolke, who is uh, an angel of this show, and oh, you yeah. can noodle while oh, I yeah, do I it. I have a noodle. And I and, and I, that's right, you haven't noodled at all. So I was telling you, if you need anything, liner notes, anything like for your tissues. You, well, well, he made the box, right? Nice. And it's it's oh, the artists that have been in my living room, cool. and he made my bookmarks. I have a book. And oh. so he made me bookmarks oh, that's so cool. and uh, and business cards, and he's really. But Rick Smolke, Quick Impressions in Chicago, for all your printing needs, great human beings that do a lot for humanity, and that's important. And also, my hairdresser, mm. who I I was supposed to go on Thursday before now, instead I'm going, so I, I have to color in. Oh God! Anyway, I miss you, Nicole Venables of the Ruby Begonia Salon. I love you and. You see what her hairspray is called? Fuck off. Fuck off. Oz was asking if he could say fuck on this show. Can I get through a show, Emmy, without saying no. fuck? No. no and that's like the hair product that's made for you. I'm surprised. It is the hair product that's made for me, and you can get it at friendsbeautysupply.com or at Ruby Begonia Salon. And Nicole, I will see you on Saturday morning. I can't wait. Oz, I wish you could play us out. He's kind of noodling us I'm noodling. I'm not good at playing by myself, so it would, it would be Well, that's what he said, but that's a whole nother story. Thank you so much for doing this. I saw Oz play uh, at Molly Malone's two weeks ago. Um, Will, Will Lee had invited me to the gig and, um, and Steve Peroni and, and Jeff Young, and they're both gonna be doing the show. Will did it a, a, couple, a few months ago. Um, but anyway, as soon as I saw Oz play, I like, I like attacked you. Okay, I need you on the show. Because there are, there are a lot of musicians who watch. Do you know Steve Costell? Yeah, of course I know. Okay, so Steve, when I used to run the Rock and Roll Cafe, he was one of the first people I met 35 years ago. He was playing with Pure Prairie League at the time. Or something. I, well, he was one of the first people that I, I set in and I met in New York actually playing. He's a, he's a great player. Yeah. And he's he's done it all and he's done it his whole life like yeah, you. And he started out doing Broadway shows and doing that kind of yeah. thing. That's how he, but he's been able to yeah. Do what he does. And yeah, sure. Yeah, and it's uh, you guys are, are an inspiration to a lot of people out there. So if you have your little wrap-up of advice for an artist, from what I recall from what you said, hard work. I think, I think the main thing is don't worry about everything, especially not money. Just do what you love. Mm -hmm. It'll be worth it. You know? I know it's kind of a little... Yeah, reality hits and then you go like, okay but I need to make money but really like people that do what I do mm -hmm. they do it because they love to do it you know what I mean are and you rich Oz no fuck no. no I'm not no but you're able to live your life yeah I have a great yeah. life I uh -huh. live very comfortably mm -hmm. you know what I mean I don't have any debt or anything I'm mm -hmm. fine you know but I like doing what I'm doing and I think that's the thing you know you just have to it's not always great you you know, there's ups and downs, and are there times when you when work gets lean? Yeah, that, absolutely. That All the, yes, it does. So if you want to do what I do, what be a musician or anything that has to do with art, it it's ups and downs, and you just have to deal with it. You know, and it's not always fun, but it always somehow works out. 
I think everything does always work out, and I yeah. think it's, I'm a 12-stepper, and we believe that rejection is God's protection, so if we don't get something, yeah. something better is coming. I have to say, like, um, um, Steve Ferroni once was interviewed on the Drummer magazine, uh -huh. and he was like, do you have any advice for young musicians? And he thought about it, he goes like, well, never get married and pee before you go on stage. <laughs> That's very good advice. I know, that's pee before you go on stage. That's I like, really, that's really yeah, good advice. I, I guess it would be a shorter show if you didn't do that. Boss, <laughs> thank you so much for doing this. Uh, and you. I look forward, I'm going to go look for you at the show tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. At awesome. NAMM. Okay, cool. So if you're down at NAMM, uh, so what, 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 what I'm, It's not my band. I'm, not, I'm just going with somebody, the, the best bass bash, whatever the fuck that is. Best bass bass bash. Ba best bass bash. So look at it on the NAMM schedule, and, yeah. and Oz will be there. And we'll see you next week. Next week, uh, Steve Ferroni. Ah, Steve Ferroni will be here. And yeah. Uh, yeah, not here. We won't be in Oz's I hotel bought, room. I brought him the Cuban cigar from Cuba. Did you bring him? Oh, Ooh. yeah. He was like, oh, man. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. All right. So we'll see. Emmy, thank you so much for doing this. Of course. Love you. you. And uh, we'll see you next week um, with Steve Ferroni. And also coming up is Burt Young from Rock. Did you ever see Rocky? movie yeah, Rocky yeah. yeah well Burt Young played Polly in all those movies oh, so Burt Young's gonna be with us in a couple weeks and Jeff Young is gonna be with us and Issei Morales I'm, I'm coming for you I'm not letting you go hopefully in two weeks Issei Morales and uh, thank you all for being here see you soon <laughs>